my niece was like, I want one. And my sister, because she's eight. Uh-huh. So big enough to like understand that it's spicy food. And uh, my sister was like, are you sure? And my niece was like, yeah, you like them. I want one. So we gave her a little ha- slice of jalapeno. And then she pretended for like a solid five minutes that the spice didn't affect her. Uh-huh. And my sister was all like, it's going to hurt. You're not going to like it, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, mm, it is spicy. It might hurt your mouth. If it hurts your mouth, we'll get you some milk. Like that, the oh, difference oh, between oh. being the cool aunt and the mom. Uh, yeah. yeah. And then she pretended that her mouth didn't hurt, strutted around for a little bit like, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. And then when her mom wasn't looking, she ran over to me and was like, can I have some milk? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I'll get you yeah, a glass of milk, sweetie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah drink it slowly. We have a We have a subscription to Japan Crate. So every month we get this big box loaded with snacks from japan and and, you know it's seasonal every box will be themed Uh but one of the really popular items in these boxes is they'll have a roulette candy Mm -hmm. which is there'll be like three or four pieces of like a chewing gum or something or a gummy and and, you know they'll all be pretty good and then one of them will be like really 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 sour (laughs) sour. more sour than you can get away with an american candy and we're always like oh yeah and I, I have never gotten the sour one. And it makes me sad because I really like sour candy. And I never get the sour <laughs> one. Oh. So last time we did it, Ewan was like, oh, you know what? I think this one's the sour one as he was picking it out. He's like, it's a slightly different color and it smells a little different. I was like, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me that. Give me that. So all three of us is me and Gary and, and Ewan because Liam, Liam has a really sensitive palate. So certain stuff like this is like, cannot handle it. Mm-hmm. But um, we're all sitting around the table. We're chewing on the scum, like waiting, like watching each other's faces. Like, okay, okay, okay. Which one of us? Is and after a couple of seconds, Gary's like, "Mine's not sour," and I'm like, ah, "Mine's not sour either." And we look over at you and he is like, like bracing himself against the table, <laughs> like his face is all screwed <laughs> up. <laughs> he looks like like half half enraged. I'm like, "Oh man!" <laughs> so I guess the sight and smell test didn't pan out. <laughs> he had to go spit it out. It was so sour. <laughs> Poor guy. Aww. No, you know what? Fuck that kid. Fuck that kid. <laughs> you know why? Why? There's oh, there's a lot of reasons. He's been okay. he's been quite a wicked child lately. He's not. He's, he's 15. He's getting into yeah, some he's shit. Just being a teen. Um, he's just he's peak shitty teenager. Yeah, just the worst. He's hilarious, but he's the worst. And the most recent is that he went into the fridge to get a ginger ale, uh-huh. and I heard him shout, "Who left this empty box in here?" And I was like, "What? The box is just empty." There's nothing. He's like, yeah, did you do it? It's like, no, I don't know. I put the box in the recycle because it's like right there. And he's like, I bet you did it. It's like, I would never do it. <laughs> so who would just who would just leave an empty box in there? And then I, I like later that night, I forgot about it. I came to the fridge to get a LaCroix and I look and the empty box is still in the fucking fridge. <laughs> <laughs> he was so mad and he accused me of leaving it there. And then he just left, left it. it there. And yeah. I texted him. I texted him like, so you you saw that the box was empty and then you just left it? And his response was just, correct. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you shithead. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Bonus Experience. We're a podcast with a deeper look at the play experience and the finer details of running and writing games. We are queer women speaking with authority about games. And uh, we swear. And you can 
die mad about it. Just die mad about it. I think there's been a couple F-bombs in our cold open, probably. I don't know. Pour yourself an extra G&T. I almost said Monica. (laughs) Because that's your drink. Pour an extra G&T, Margaret. For me. And enjoy (laughs) our bullshit. Yeah. I'm Monica, one of your hosts, industry professional, game designer and developer. My name's on a lot of books, many of which are not yet, but a bunch that are. Yep, that's all I'm doing for my resume today. How are you? Which, who are you? You are the once-in-future Monica. I am the once-in-future Monica. D- <laughs> did develop Scion once-in-future, which is currently living in layout limbo. Uh, God, I want yep. people to have it. Yeah, me too. Demigod just went out to backers, so once-in-future soon, I hope. Introduce yourself to our audience who knows who you are. Or doesn't, if they're new, maybe. I'm Ray. I'm an industry professional. I write fiction setting, and I write rules and widgets, and I am in Trinity Continuum Assassins that came yes. from beyond the grave. Okay. Scion Titanomachy. Yes. Scion, a light extinguished. Are those the only ones that are published now? Maybe. Those are the only ones that are published now. <laughs> the things I'm in that aren't out yet. Scion Dragon. Yes. Uh, Exalted Essence, Exalted yep. Crucible of Legends, yep. Scion Once in Future, Scion yep. Dragon Companion, Scion yep. God, yep. Exalted Siderials, yep. Exalted a novella that I can't tell you much about, Exalted Essence Companion, and another thing that hasn't been announced yet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on a couple things that haven't been announced yet. Can't talk about those at all. There's a lot. Uh, There's some stuff going on. It's pretty hitting exciting. Hitting that bottleneck. Yeah. But this is our year. I'm sure as soon as they get through, it's going to be like, bam, 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 bam. Yeah. Nothing but links, nothing but hustles. Yeah. I can't wait for all this stuff to, to come out, to get out of the editing and layout hell and become reality. Yeah. Yeah. Today we're talking about one of our favorite social mechanics, hard bargains, and how to use them. Hard bargains. Hard bargains. Monica, what the fuck is a hard bargain? Uh, well, first off, I'm going to point out that I'm pretty sure this mechanic got popularized with the original Apocalypse World. Just throwing that right out there. Um, or at least that's where I heard it for the first time. Yeah, that's also the first time I encountered it. Mm-hmm. In Apocalypse World, it's under the do something under fire move. And I'm sure a lot of you are familiar with Apocalypse World by this point in the BXP catalog. <laughs> it's a, you know, roll 2d6, add modifier. Yep. It's got uh, hits. Mm-hmm. It's got... Uh, misses. Misses, and it's got mixed successes. Yeah. When you do something under fire and you get a mixed success, it says that the MC, which is, you know, their word for a GM, GM yeah. can offer you a worse outcome, a hard bargain, or an ugly choice. And that's when we talk about hard bargains, I, I think this is kind of the impetus of that. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, someone will surely correct us, but that's the first place I heard <laughs> it. We're talking about us right now. Uh, a hard bargain is a situation in which a player must make a choice between two somewhat undesirable outcomes to get what they want. And I think that's a good like one sentence summary of what we're yeah, talking about. You, you put someone between a rock and a hard place. Yeah. Hard bargain. They these also make an appearance in uh, Blades in the Dark and certain other Forged in the Dark games as the Devil's Bargains, which is basically you can get an extra die in your pool if you voluntarily allow something bad or complicated to happen. And that can be as simple as you take extra damage or you use extra resources. Or it could be as complicated as this villain from a previous arc suddenly appears and is here to fuck things up. And then, of course, we have it in Exalted Essence. Exalted Essence uses hard bargains as a means to resist social influence or other effects. 
And generally, it'll be like, okay, well, either you accept the influence or insert other outcome that is bad for you and good for me. But it can <laughs> it can be more complex than that. You can think of hard bargains as mission failed successfully. <laughs> That's so good. So why do why are we so into hard bargains though? What makes a hard bargain interesting? Yeah, you ever have a situation that say I'm just pulling this out of my butt here. I don't know, a very common flat distribution game where you roll, oh, I don't know, low on a mm, charisma check? Just Ugh. as an example. Okay. A thing that never comes up ever. Uh, no. And you were only presented with a hard stop. You just don't get what you want. That's it. No further progression. Do you want to talk? Do you want to talk about it? I mean, okay? I, I'm actually going to talk about this a whole bunch later. But like, I don't, it's just it's just an example, right? It's never come up. It's never it's, happened uh, before. Okay, all right, uh, all right. If you're okay, then it's, yeah, okay. I'm fine. I'm fine. Or alternatively, a player rolls a natural twenty, and you don't want to give everything away, or make an NPC do something that you think is out of character. Also, yeah, just right. just a random example. Yeah, no, yeah, like no. your your player totally get, like a one in twenty probability right. of hitting what they think is an I win everything button. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, this is what hard bargains are for. Consider them an extension of the fail forward concept. There's a BXP episode for that. Yeah, that's a really that's honestly that's a really great way of great way of thinking of it. Like a hard bargain is just sort of me mechanizing failing forward, as opposed to like oh well you kind of get it but you kind of don't, which is such a vague way of thinking of it. Yeah, the hard it's... bargain is a way to to kind of to make it interesting. It, it's literally it's a make things more interesting lever. Your your players get a chance to do something cool or resist something uncool and the story <laughs> pops a new obstacle into the player's way i am probably surprising no one a huge fan yeah. of hard bargains yeah we are both a real <laughs> big fan also they came up in the ap i did for pathcast mm -hmm. uh, where we ran essence and then a hard a hard bargain refusal came up and i hope dixie kept it in the episode i haven't gone to listen through the whole thing but uh, Eddie just like lit up at how delightful they were used. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Can you, tell, can you tell me what the what it was like? What oh, you did? Uh, so Chaz's character, team parent, a hot <laughs> they them eclipse, <laughs> attempted to convince the fair folk pirate captain that they were fighting to basically like stop fighting and help them. Oh. And fair folk captain refused, but said, "Okay." I will help you, but you have to come sail with me for a time. Oh, yeah. Uh, and okay, that's, and that's how Chaz's hot eclipse got a barefoot girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> and, and since they were all like, "Oh, it's a one shot," okay, I just say yes, right? Like <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. And then they have adventures. And then they have adventures. And Eddie oh, just was like, "Oh, that's so good." Barefoot pairs. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I love hard bargains. <laughs> so, okay, that's, I mean, that's great, but, like, what, okay, so what do you not do with a hard bargain? Like, we were talking before about, like, oh, well, they roll a 20 and they think it's an uh, instant I win button. Right. But you don't necessarily want to, like, take that one away, right? Right. It, it, first and foremost, it should always be an interesting choice. Don't fuck your players over by offering things you know they won't say yes to. That's the point. <laughs> it's allowed to be a rough choice. I mean, it's not called a good bargain. But it should be something worth agreeing to, because what you're getting in return is fun, interesting, compelling, or forwards the plot. Yeah, it can't be two awful things that nobody wants. It's It's got to have something compelling about either end of the bargain. Ideally, you've got a table of players who are invested in making the story interesting. And if 
you're living the dream, you have a table full of masochists who are like, <laughs> yes, hurt me, <laughs> do terrible things. Which is which is oh, which I had in my uh, my fate game of uh, teenage superheroes. Mm-hmm. I had a couple of players who were very very into every like compel I could come up with. That was like, how about I make things a little worse for you? They would like lean forward, like, yes, tell me how. <laughs> like they got so into it. <laughs> I love that. I love that when you come to the table ready for a story, instead of being like precious about your character. I love. Yeah. Uh, I'm on a tangent real quick. Yes, please. So I was, I'm playing in a game, mm. and the first episode we really got to playing, it was very obvious to me that the GM was so used to the group resisting everything he tried to do that he kept, like, slowing, he kept slowing the game down because he kept expecting us to say no or to fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> it was just really funny to, like, see this person try to put up all the defenses for an unruly group of people who are just there to fuck him over and, like, you know, make life difficult for him. And the yeah. group was just like, yeah, no, we want to play the game. We want to yeah. we want to engage with your plotline. Please tell us what it is. Yeah, and you know, <laughs> when, you, when you can have players who are bought into the game, it changes everything. Yeah. And I, I, I feel bad. I feel for the, the gun-shy GMs yeah. who feel like they have to... Like, be cagey about stuff, because otherwise the players are, like, gonna be terrible. <laughs> otherwise, yeah. like, I, I think we have another episode about this, too, where GMs are GMs are players, too. Like, yeah. just, the players should honestly be just as invested in the GM having a cool story to tell and having cool characters as the GM is invested in the players being cool and having cool stories to tell. Yeah. I wonder if there is anything to be said about if you are a gun-shy GM, or you have players who maybe would bristle at the idea of a hard bargain. Is there a better way to present it to players who who really want it to be up and down failure success? You know, I think that's maybe a question for the the part at the end where I talk about how to implement them into other games. I'm not going to think about that one. The Monica chapter. Yes. Well, there's a, there's going to be a, a Ray chapter and then a Monica chapter right after. Yes. As, as, as the post-mid-episode <laughs> break bits usually go. Yeah. Speaking of which, it's time for mid-episode break. I'm going to eat a chocolate. Here I go. BXP and the mid-episode break room are brought to you by the misdirected Mark Network. This has caramel in it. It's good. All right. Can you- Bing. Thank you. <laughs> Become a BXP patron. Patrons get to chat with us directly. They get special Discord roles. They get exclusive hangouts. And you can support us for as little as a dollar a month. Also remember that if you give us 20 bucks a month, we will make you a terrible Margaret certificate. There has been a run. They are all bespoke and awful. Absolutely worth 20 bucks. All you have to do is give us 20 bucks for one month and we make you a certificate. If you'd rather support BXP without Patreon, you can subscribe on Ko-fi instead. It is ko-fi.com slash bonus EXP or buy our stuff. Go to bxpcast.com slash bxpswag and check out our merch page. And don't forget that BXP is sponsored by Nerdy Kepi. You can get all kinds of rad queer swag. Doing that all in one breath. <laughs> remember, to use, <laughs> remember to use code BXPCAST at checkout for 10% off, which never expires. I use it all the time. <laughs> Tossing myself my own couple dollars towards the podcast. I have a I have a a, a side like friends chat server full of mm-hmm. people who had like stumbled onto nerdy Cappy through other channels yeah and i was like oh 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 i have a discount code for you <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> like linking like get these boots use this code <laughs> yeah yeah and you can use it over and over which is great 
yeah. and it gives us a little money every time you do. Yeah, it does. And Nerdy Kepi's stuff is really nice. I own so many pairs of gay shorts now. Oh my god, yes. They, honestly, The new shorts are great. Stuff. Yeah. Um, Cannot recommend enough. Who, it's, it's literally like queer operated and owned we have buddies who like if you listen to the 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 episode that monica did with david when i was sick david works for nerdy keppy so you'll be supporting david in 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 a very literal way yeah also there are bxp exclusive items on there like if you want a shirt that just says margaret on it you can get one we do have a shirt that says die mad about it you can get mugs i probably should have then put it on a t-shirt too but we can let us know if you would like a t-shirt with our bxp Lacroix logo on it <laughs> you can only get the Lacroix logo stuff on on Nerdy Cappy. Exclusive, exclusive, yeah. And it's currently on like mugs, magnets, pins. I think a fidget spinner. <laughs> uh, maybe also a pop socket. It's on a bunch of like cool little accessories. And if you would like it on apparel, please let us know because we can just ask Spider and Company to put it on a shirt. It's pretty easy. Yep. We have the art yep. asset. It's pretty easy for that to happen. Speaking of art assets, yes. Did Christina? get her certificate i think so i don't know she didn't respond to our i don't know if she's did she not respond? Uh, i have not she seen a so reply the last away. the last she time was i blown checked away by how beautiful it was truly <laughs> it may, certainly made her experience an emotion i'm sure <laughs> <laughs> i'm feeling um i'm going to i think then when this episode goes out i'm going to release the certificate on twitter because i okay. have not actually shared it with the with yeah the, the greater public Absolutely. This is honestly like I'm worried that I've jumped the shark. I feel like this might be my <laughs> There's opus. no coming back from that one. Well, you yeah, had to you I... had to have made the worst possible one for our graphic designer. Yeah. It w- oh, I I had I had Terry on call with me. Terry was like my <laughs> consultant while I shared my screen and there were points when we were like incapacitated <laughs> by beauty. <laughs> we were overcome with art. <laughs> so the 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 $20 tier the $20 tier is the uh, official certified Margaret tier, and I make a certificate for each each person that signs up at $20, and I I genuinely, like, I go and I download a Word, like, template that's, like, some certificate or, or something, and I, I make it as purposely terrible as possible in <laughs> 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 a, a very real graphic design is my passion kind of a way. And um, I've gotten pretty good at it. I've gotten pretty good at being shitty. And uh, <laughs> I am honestly surprised at, I think I have two certificates I need to make now that, like, after Christina's, and I posted that to, like, our Patreon or our patron Discord, I now have two other people who are like, yeah, fucking sign me up, which is, okay, yeah, yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah, uh, you. this can also be you. Also, just as a quick reminder that we have a $50 tier where if you give us 50 bucks for a month, we will shout out your game, your Kickstarter, whatever it is you're doing in the TTRPG sphere, an AP, doesn't matter. We will shout it out to our audience during the mid-episode break. I will literally shout it. Yeah, we will literally shout it. I will I will lean back from my microphone so that Margaret doesn't have a fit, and I will yell, Hey, go to this guy's Kickstarter! Yeah. And just uh, yell the URL. Yeah, so if you would like us to to talk about your stuff, please give us 50 American dollars. Make my teens so angry. Yeah. Did I tell you about the time I came downstairs after recording and my youngest was like, so do you think the louder you are, the funnier you are? <laughs> I, I was like, like, I was killed on the spot. <laughs> uh, 
please give me an excuse to embarrass my teens. Oh, what a <laughs> what a little turd. God. He's a shithead. I know. <laughs> He's very funny. That's, that's so funny. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, just remember that saying nice things is always free. You can saying nice a- things is always free, yeah. Ewan. Ewan. Yeah, come on. Uh, you can leave us a good review on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Google, wherever, and help us get more listeners. Uh, you know, get your kid to make a bunch of sock puppet accounts and talk nicely about our podcast or something. <laughs> I don't fucking know. Also, if you like bonus experience, you will like Misdirected Mark. Yeah, that's it. The flagship show. The, yeah. the eponymous event. Phil, Bob, and Jerry go live every Tuesday evening at 8 p.m. Eastern to break down and get inside games, game mastering, playing games, and game design in an effort to entertain and inform you. So if you like that combination of entertainment and information that VXP has, you'll also like Misdirected Mark. That's why we're a member of their network. Yeah. <laughs> we're part of that they're, vibe. They're really cool guys. Yeah, honestly. and they are, they're, they're great guys. Uh, and I know they also sometimes, like, talk about, like, gender and sexuality and masculinity, and so there's an element of that, too. Yeah. So, Yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean when I say they're cool guys. They're cool guys, yeah. Yeah, like, if you like BXP, you'll pretty much like anything on the Mistrack Mark Network. Y- yes, they're, they're absolutely. Our, they're, they're our network family for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you're making a hard bargain, you're gonna have to make them mm. an offer they can't refuse. Oh, nice. Yeah. And make them... <laughs> Quotes, references. Make them an offer they can't refuse. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Okay, I'm not I'm not going to sugarcoat okay. this. Hard bargains are kind of an art form. Yeah. It's uh it, there's yeah, I'm, like I'm, an... I'm going to let <laughs> Yeah. I'm going to let you roll with this one. This Give is us the a range of good examples. This is the ray chapter. Yeah, this is the ray bit. Yes, this is the ray <laughs> chapter. Take it loose. Take it loose. What? Take it loose. Cut loose is what I meant to say. Just take it loose, baby. Just take it loose. Take it loose, baby. <sighs> All right. <laughs> All right. I will do that. Too I will many edibles. do what you said. No, I was always like that. <laughs> I so, was always like that. Hard anyway, bargains. Tricky. Hard bargains. Kind of got to walk mm-hmm. this line between like, like, ooh, like that's okay. Ooh, but I don't know. Like, you, you know, you got to tempt them. You got to tease them a little. So the trick to a hard bargain, right? You think about the outcome the player is hoping for when they make their role and before you see the result, just keep it in the back of your mind. Think about one or maybe two ways that this outcome could go awry. You kind of want to have it ready to spin off the dome, which, you know, improv and coming up with things on the fly, off the cuff can be a little tricky, but the more you practice at facilitating games, the easier it gets, honestly. So a couple of my favorite ways to make shit go awry. I like the catastrophic success when your player gets what they want, yeah, but yeah, best. right. But it's it's just a little. It's too much, or it's out of control. Mm-hmm. So they they hit the villain with their firebolt. Their their firebolt. Their fire. Their fire belt. Fire belt. They hit the villain with their firebolt. With their fire belt. With ah, their fire belt. Like <laughs> like it's a wrestling tournament. Hit them with the <laughs> but also they've caught fire to the surrounding brush. So maybe in another round, there's going to be a wildfire. Like, that's your hard bargain. Either you miss or you hit, but your fire goes out of control. Or the song you were playing to soften the heart of the queen so she would take in the refugees. You know, it works. You see her, like, wiping a tear from her eye. But then you also see her battle wife is, like, making kissy faces at you. And now you're like, (laughs) oh, no, my song was too good. (laughs) (laughs) I saw you put the phrase battle wife in there, and I'm like, ah, yes, the best one-off example I've ever included. (laughs) The battle wife! 
Um, it's a hyphenated battle wife. It is hy- battle wife. The exalted hyphen, the battle wife. <laughs> I also like the the just barely too late, which is one of the simpler ways to do it, which is they get what they want, but their consequences have caught up to them. So, you know, they're trying to escape on this stolen horse and they get the horse free in time. But just as they get their horse like into a gallop, they can hear the Dark Knight is just behind them. Like, oh, no. Or you get to the safe and you stuff all the gems in your duffel bag, but you can hear sirens outside already. Oh, shit, you're just too late. Oh. Another easy one is the is it's the one-way door. Basically, they get what they want, but they can't try this method again until something. They re- reset it, basically. Uh, it's something as simple as just, okay, you picked the lock, but your lock pick snaps, and that was your last one. Like, oh, no. Yeah. Or, all right, yeah, you're able to, to, to con your mark, and you can, you yeah, you pull one over on them, you take their money from the shell game, but you can see that they're, like, frowning and, like, like glaring at you and now you know like oh okay they're never falling for that trick again so you get what you want but you're gonna have to try something new next time yeah and then my favorite my absolute favorite (laughs) is is the problems for future me option (laughs) (laughs) which is actually codified in one of the exalted essence charms judge's ear technique which i yeah chef kiss i love it which is basically (laughs) the hard bargain is literally either your target knows they're lying to you right now or they don't know you're lying to them, but you're at a penalty to lie to them for the rest of the story, for the rest of the session, whatever whatever you have there, which yep. stacks. And yep. it's wonderful for those procrastinating players who are like, okay, I'll, do, I'll deal with that later. I'll deal with that later. Until eventually <laughs> they get to a point where it's like, all right, hard bargain. Or you, they get to a point where they, they can't even hard bargain anymore because they're at such a, such a high penalty because they kept lying to this one guy that he can just roll up and be like, your web of lies has unraveled. <laughs> or there's, you know, the really simple, like, all right, yeah, you, you are able to bind this demon into your service for, uh, you know, for the entirety of the month until the next new moon. But, oh, he looks a little too self-satisfied. So, you know, once before the story ends... I'm going to let you know one time that he follows the letter of a law instead of the spirit and how it got you in trouble. So you get what you want, <laughs> but there's going to be problems for future you. Yeah. This is all about giving the player what they need to keep the story going, but you mm-hmm. want to like throw a fruit, fruit cart in the way that they have to topple over. So it'll slow them down, maybe, but mostly it's just going to be fun to watch it happen. Fruit goes everywhere. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I definitely want to point out that practicing failing forward as a thing, like a partial success, or at least just rolling a normal failure in a game that doesn't have partial successes into them, like if they miss by one or what the fuck ever, uh, <laughs> will get you better and better at creating these hard bargains. Because a, a couple of these examples sound just like, you missed, but not quite. Yes, uh, that's it. That's all it is. Because at, a, at its core, a hard bargain, I think, is a refusal mechanic, which I think takes us really nicely into our next topic oh monica yeah how do you port hard bargains into other games yeah this is actually an easy question to answer (laughs) this is not it's not that hard it does take practice though as right just described its mechanical structure doesn't actually require any integration to the numbers part if you're dropping it into another traditional game and i'm only going to speak to traditional games and you can go listen to our episode where we define what the fuck we mean when we say that (laughs) uh (laughs) because story games and larps and other like small form factor storytelling type games tend to already have strong rules for refusing unwanted influence 
as they are usually structured around mechanics for conversation. Yeah, um, right. And so this is like, it came from that space, and I'm not speaking to you because you already know what we're talking about. Right, you're already like, whatever, <laughs> I play Powered by the Apocalypse games. I know what hard bargains are. Yeah, so let's go back to that totally random thought experiment about <laughs> making a charisma or diplomacy check and then not wanting an NPC to immediately go along with the player character's plan, but also not wanting to punish success. Okay, yeah, you're ready to... And then this ties into the idea that a hard bargain is in itself a social refusal mechanic, right? Right, right. So here's where you implement the hard bargain. The NPC will go along with part of the proposed plan, but only if the PC is willing to do something in return. See my example from earlier about the pirate captain. Yes, pirate cap definitely. Yeah. Maybe something dangerous- I'll only do it if you smooch me. <laughs> right, yes. And that may be something dangerous oh, no. and inconvenient, such as traveling with this Fairfolk troop of pirates for a while. Honestly, most of the time, players will go along with this. And when you can get a read on what people will say yes to, you can get people to buy into this all the time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> see, see also my discussion of like, you know, my blessing of may you always have the most masochistic players at your table. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, they don't even necessarily need to be masochistic to want to go on, go along with this sort of thing. They just need to be interested in different outcomes. Right. Right. Or right. be tempted by the thrill of something dangerous and inconvenient. Players who have been influenced successfully by an NPC can also offer a hard bargain as part of a refusal. So this is not a one-way street. This isn't just to protect your GM game from being derailed by high charisma checks. This is also to give your players a little agency back. And if you are giving and taking, you will have such a fascinatingly fun game, and it will make your adventures so much more interesting. <laughs> Trust me on this one. So... It is allow the players to also say, okay, I'll do X, but want Y in return. This is just a very simple, basic social refusal mechanic, which can be implemented in any game that does not have one by default, mm. and all games should have one. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can think of a few off the top of my head that don't, but you know. <laughs> uh, and honestly, I find this type of refusal notably more reflective of the verisimilitude, the reality, I guess, of how social interactions go in real life. Because a lot of the time you don't end an agreement or a discussion with someone by being just like, fuck you, I'm out. Unless you're you and <laughs> 15 right. years old. Unless you're 15 years old, right. <laughs> or, like, there's definitely been instances where I've been like, okay, I'm not having this conversation with you anymore, but it's usually pretty few and far between, and also because the person was being terrible. Yeah. Uh, but, like, I feel like most interactions involve some sort of negotiation. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just realizing that most of my most of my hard bargains were not social related. But honestly, that's going to come up <laughs> organically as part of the social interaction. Like, right. You say your character is 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 going to, you know, try to manipulate the other manipulate sounds negative. But, you know, everyone manipulate just means, you know, convince them to agree with you. Like. You know what I mean? Yeah. You have a bunch of things that I think are make that are really, really excellent fail forwards, like the firebolt setting everything else on fire, uh, getting to the horse, but the dark knight is right behind you, or you get the gems in your bag and you hear the sirens outside. Like all of those are just success with complications, yeah. right? Yeah. And they're really good examples of those, and that's a great place to practice the idea. The things that I think you tossed examples out of that are good, like social refusal mechanic hard bargains are like the song convinces the queen but it also hits her wife her battle wife <laughs> her battle wife is lusty for you now right like 
Yes. And and I think what that would that do? would either come up on like okay, so you'll convince her, but also they're looking for a third, right? Like <laughs> we like your vibe. Yeah, they like they saw you for across some people, the room. That's not a bad thing. <laughs> it's not, but like it's still more than you bargained for. Uh huh. Now this battle wife is aggressively courting you. Like the thing about the the mark, they're not falling for that trick again, or like the binding works on the demon. But one of these times they're going to follow the letter of the law instead of the spirit. Once right? they're gonna. They're going to jump at the opportunity to fuck you over. Fuck you over. Yeah, and the same with the magistrate ones, right? Like, those are all really good interaction-based hard bargains. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like we said earlier, those two concepts go hand in hand. Both the idea of a fail-forward and a hard bargain go together. Yeah. And the idea of, like, okay, you've convinced them, but they're not going to go with it completely, even on a full success, is so much better than just saying no. Yeah. And, yep. and I feel like introducing this sort of partial refusal is fantastic. Like I said, just to not to broken record about it, but it's a really, really good thing to implement into games that don't already have it baked in. How do you feel about mechanics that specifically trigger a hard bargain as opposed to, oh, I love well, them. you kind of failed, so oh, I love it'll be like, like a move that specifically says, all right, you do this move and they're hit with a hard bargain, either option A or option B. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, 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 it, that is, in a, in an exception based design game, and I think we I'm gonna we're gonna do an episode on exception based design because I've talked about it a whole bunch this season, so we may as well just do a whole episode on it. <laughs> but like, when that is baked into your core rules, being able to be like, no, I determine what those terms are is fantastic. Yeah, yeah, I feel the same way. Yeah, I guess to bring it back to that one question I asked earlier, and you said, okay, we'll talk yeah. about it in the Monica chapter. How do you start to get players on board with hard bargains? Like players who don't, who are looking oh, for the straight up and down, you fail and you succeed. God, I... Is that something I, maybe you kind of wait until just the right moment? I think you have to try working it in bit by bit. Yeah. I think there are a certain subset of D&D people who are accustomed to, I rolled a nat 20, that means I win. And if you tell me no, I'm going to have a fit. Yeah. And I think those people are in the minority, just to be clear. Like, I don't, I'm not trying to paint everyone who enjoys D&D with a broad brush, because that's not true. It's totally untrue. Most people are pretty cool, actually. But there's so many stories of, oh, the bard wanted to seduce the dragon, and then he rolled dragon. a nat 20, so now I have to let him. If I never read another relatable D&D meme again, it would be too soon. <laughs> I hate them. Uh, but anyway, anyway, like, yes, but the archetypal like the bard tries to seduce the dragon and i instead make a like a sexual assault joke because that's funny uh -huh. all of that bullshit could be solved simply by a hard bargain right like right you may seduce the dragon but the dragon is really interested in monogamy <laughs> <laughs> the dragon wants to be courted <laughs> yeah the dragon wants to be courted and the dragon wants to be exclusive the dragon waits until marriage yeah <laughs> Right. Uh, so how do you, like, I think you have to, uh, if you are playing with a group who has not ever experienced this before, I think you have to preface it yeah. and be like, hey guys, we're going to play D&D, we're going to use the bunch of basic rules, but I want you to know that, like, I'm going to introduce failing forward, right? So if you miss, we're going to count every, I'm going to, I would do every set of two by which you miss a margin of success. And so if you miss a DC by one margin of success, so by one or two, you partially succeed right mm -hmm. you're gonna get some sort of near miss because hard stops are boring 
And the same, like, we're going to introduce this as a basic social refusal mechanic. So if anyone tries to influence you to do a thing that you don't want to do, you can make a hard bargain, right? Right. And NPCs right. get to do this, too. And I think you would that you would just present this as part of your house rules. Because I'm pretty sure, or I hope, the people who are playing... And I'm just going to keep pecking on D&D, because <laughs> the first game I can think of at the top of my head. But it's not the only game that doesn't have these mechanics. Just want to be very clear about right, that, right. right? Like, Through the Breach doesn't either, and I really like that game. Uh, <laughs> so, like... You know, if you're, I am pretty accustomed to GMs being like, hey, here are the house rules I'm going to use in this game. Right. And presenting them to the players, either like in a document or in a chat during a session zero or when you're making characters or whatever. And like, I would include that in those rules. And so people are at least aware that you're planning to do that. Okay. And then I think you just got to go ahead and do it and try to like, it's also a thing that like people who resist that idea are used to having their trust violated. Right. At yeah. the end of the day. I think a lot of bad player behavior is a matter of abused trust. People are used to people wanting to fuck them over. They are used to people trying to resist their plots. They are used to people being shitty. And you need to develop the trust that when you propose a hard bargain, you're not taking the piss out of the players. You're advancing the story. You're not forcing anyone into situations they don't want to be in. You're foreshadowing bad consequences instead of just slapping right. them with them. <laughs> right. You're, what's the apocalypse world phrase? You are uh, telling the possible consequences and asking and uh, foretelling future badness or whatever. Bad shit. <laughs> yeah. Future badness. Yeah. Like, those are all things that will make you a better GM, DM, Fate Master, fuck, whatever. Hollyhock God. That's uh, <laughs> the nobilis one. Uh, you know. Master of Ceremonies. It will just make you better at being a game facilitator. Yeah, yeah. And building a culture of trust among between yourself and your players as the person who is in the facilitator hot seat will make all your games better. And ideally, that person will then take that and extend it to the next game they run, and so on and so forth. And, you know, we make the world a better place one good game of D&D at a time. <laughs> one house rule at a time. <laughs> yeah. I think house rules are kind of a transmitted knowledge too, because I've yeah. There's definitely been times when I'm like playing in someone else's game, and they go, "Okay, but I'm going to house rule blah blah blah." And I go, "Oh shit, that's a great idea!" And then I start incorporating that in my games. Mm -hmm. Like early example, playing Exalted with you and H, when you were like, "You can roll any virtue to regain willpower. It's not just conviction. Use your highest virtue." I was like, "Oh, that's great!" <laughs> <laughs> and I use that in all my Exalted games. We house ruled that for so long, I forgot it was a house rule. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Until people would come back to be like, oh, conviction was the I win virtue. And you're like, wait, why? Fuck, oh, right, right, yeah. <laughs> I remember that. Monica. Yes. Where can they find our show? You can find our show at bxpcast.com, part of the Misdirected Mark Network. Bing. I should get a triangle just to do this. You thing. should get a triangle just for this. I or bet you can like get one on the internet board. for cheap. <laughs> just pull out a triangle out of it. Watch my family go, what the fuck are you? Uh, can they email us though? What about if they want to do They email? Sure, they can email us. Email us with your favorite examples of hard bargains yeah. you used in your games. Or it. if you listen to this episode and you are like, I'm never going to let a player roll all over NPCs with high charisma checks ever again if we've changed your life please email bonusexpcast at gmail.com or they could tweet at us right we got a twitter yeah yeah they could they could tweet at us you could share those stories on twitter too they'd be super we will retweet them and reply to them for the engagement 
Uh, that is at bonus exp cast well, for as long as Twitter continues to exist. exist. Anyway, yeah. we'll we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Anyway, we also have a Discord. <laughs> yeah, we do. Which you can join. It is not patron exclusive. No, um, anyone can be there. We have a lively cast of characters who hangs out in there. <laughs> yes, it's very I'm active lately. It's great. Yeah, it's been, yeah. We did have to quarantine all the Exalted talk to its own channel. Yes. You are welcome yeah. to join even if you are not an Exalted fan. Any game fan, welcome. This is not an Exalted show. <laughs> yeah, it, despite popular appearances, it is neither this an, is exalted not an Exalted show, show. show nor a Powered by the Apocalypse show. No, they're just <laughs> things that we like. And uh, so that's, you can go to tinyurl.com slash bxpdiscord. Uh, there's a link to it on our Twitter profile and on our website. So if you're looking for us, you can find us. And I, I think actually, if I look at like our boosts, mm-hmm. I think that if we get to level three, mm-hmm. which is 14 boosts, okay. we can get a custom invite link for our server oh. instead of using tinyurl. Okay. Which would be, be wonderful. Cool. But we do have stickers now. We do have stickers, have and they stickers. are They're great. One of them is die mad about it, and the yeah. other one is a surprise. You'll have to join. To see. <laughs> the other one is a surprise. Yeah. All right, but uh, you're on Twitter, right, Monica? I am Twitter? for the time being, I guess. I I made a Tumblr. Oh really? I am at Zenith Sun, and I maybe maybe if I get around to tumbling, because I was like maybe I should just tumble more. Now they have this Blaze thing. Did you hear about Blaze? No. What's oh Blaze? my god, it's fucking beautiful. So for a while, Tumblr had tried this thing that was basically like a subscription service where you could subscribe to certain users and get paywalled posts. And people were like, fuck mm-hmm. out of here with that. I'm not paying somebody for their shit posts. Yeah. They took that down and now they have Blaze, which is instead you pay to Blaze your posts. And, and they're, <sighs> it's basically ads. Like you can you can just put your, your post on something, you promote it. Right. But there's no way to target it. There's no targeted. <laughs> so you just, and it's, it's, it's apparently relatively inexpensive. So there's a very low barrier to entry. And Blaze has like become everyone's new favorite toy. Like for a while, there was a very like pro-Catholic blog that was like okay. proselyti- 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 uh, preaching in proselytizing proselytizing thank you and, in these in these blaze posts and then someone right. else made a single serve blog just to post martin luther's theses and blaze that post so there was like <laughs> there's like these like shadow wars happening now on people's oh dashboards and they're fucking so loving fucking it like it's and yeah. none of it is like important like hey come see my work i'm advertising my photography it's all people just paying ten dollars to get their shit posts on other people's dashes yeah i've Tumblr also is like incredible gotten <laughs> my drawings to a point where like i feel like maybe other human beings should see them and i thought about putting them on tumblr i mean i have an old tumblr account when, pe- when I started seeing people are like, well, I'm going to go make another Tumblr. I was like, what? Are we really are we really doing this? Are we going back to Tumblr? <laughs> We're going back. I think we might be going back to Tumblr. Anyway, I'm on Twitter, Ray W. Cole. Yeah. <laughs> I might be on Tumblr later. Yeah, I, I'm I, making no you, promises. Yeah. Maybe later in this we'll be like, follow me on Tumblr. I'm Dice Wizard, which is currently <laughs> the name of my totally empty Dice Tumblr Wizard. that I made for myself as a professional. I'll be I'll be Raidenless Behavior on Tumblr. <gasps> <laughs> Really? That got you? Oh, oh my god, I love it. <laughs> Let's get Chaz to be president of birds again. <laughs> All right. All right, cool. Everybody get the fuck out. <laughs> yeah, I, that's too much. We gotta go. what? <laughs> <laughs> oh,
Do I have to do this? Oh, fine. Bonus Experience is written and produced by Monica and Ray. Uh, and edited by Margaret. Our logo and art is by Nino Studios. You can find her on Facebook and Instagram. Our theme song is Reuse Noise with the Light by CDK and is used under the Attribution Non-Commercial Creative Commons license. BXP is part of the Misdirected Mark Network. What? What is all this? I'm not reading this. Fuck it. Bye.